Hello and welcome. I'm Regina, your host and mindset coach. This is the Moms Who Achieve podcast, where we discuss motherhood, mindset, money, and everything in between to equip first-generation changemakers with the tools they need to create the lives they want and deserve by managing their minds and taking massive action. I am super ecstatic that you're here, and I'm hopeful that with an open mind, you'll leave with exactly what you came for. Let's go. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey. I'm back today with another Healing Hour conversation with my friend and conscious parenting coach, Tanisha. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, both of us had planned to do video and put it on YouTube, and this will still be on YouTube, but we're unable to do video because the internet is acting up on both sides. My, it's just trash, y'all. Y'all know how it is in these Zoom streets. So we're going to make it do what it do, have this amazing conversation, and I know it's going to be powerful. So before we get started, though, I need y'all to know how I met Tanisha, because when I tell people (laughs) about (laughs) and me and Tanisha have already had this conversation, but I'm just I just like to be honest and I need y'all to know what happened. So I have been like I had been like fiddling a little bit with my parenting and with um, how I showed up and all those things have been happening. So I was in these conscious parenting groups and asking a million and one questions, but also defending myself and convincing and all these things. And uh, Tanisha, she kept showing up and kept like commenting on my posts and she was kind and all that, but she was like assertive and like holding me responsible of like what I was thinking how I was putting everything on the kids, how it was them and not me and all these things. And I just had to be honest. And I told her, like, I did not like her at first. (laughs) Who is this lady? And who does she think she is telling me about me and all this? But it really just sparked something in me. And so I wanted to have her on today because she honestly, when I say my most biggest and most important work thus far, and I probably for the rest of my life that I've done is my work around how I show up as a parent, how I show up even as a wife, how I show up just being conscious is, is that's the most important and hardest work I've done. And I have to say right here that this lady is who has helped me the most out of everything that I've done. So thank you very much. Wow. No, thank you. I mean, cause you've always been like open to it and, it's been a really like fun, easy journey. So thank you for letting me walk with you through that for real. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it just feels so good. So tell everybody, cause I know who you are, but let them know, you know, who you are, um, who you are today as a mom and uh, also, you know, what you do to help people like me. Uh-huh. So I am Tanisha Watkins Henderson. I'm been married 15 years. I have five children that I homeschool and I have the range of ages from 14 and then all the way down to four. So I don't have any babies anymore. And that's weird and nice (laughs) at the same time. And but I've always um, really loved kids, really wanted to understand them. And really, they're my people like they're who I want to be around most. Mm. And so as time went on, I began to help a lot of moms on Facebook (laughs) um, for free, right, through these groups, through these conscious parents and groups. And I really was um, devoted to it, as Regina was saying. And, you know, I would help everywhere I could, like boom, boom, boom. And then Regina showed up and was like, "Um, I'm going to pay you. 
And I was like, <laughs> but I do this for free. <laughs> and she was like, I don't care. I'm going to pay you something. And she literally forced herself into being <laughs> my first client. <laughs> for real. I was mean, like dragging me, like kicking feet. Like, what you mean? You paying me. And then it really sparked something in me because it was fun and I was helping and I could see, you know, uh, Regina awakening to enjoying parenting. And that really sparked me because like, that's what I want. Um, the premise of my business is called Kid Advice. And I really just, I named it that because I like to give advice from the mindset of the kid. Like what would the kid tell the parent to help them understand them? And so um, my husband was like, you get paid for this. Let's start a business. And he got it rolling. And here we are. I am a certified parenting coach in positive discipline. And I call myself um, a parent cheerleader because I really believe that parenting should be enjoyed. And that's what I do. I try to help parents enjoy their role uh, while really learning to reparent themselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so much there. One thing that came up while you were talking that mm -hmm. I didn't think about until you said it was this uh, situation of like not wanting to um, receive payment. I do this for joy. I do this to help out. But <laughs> I saw you and I think we had this conversation early on. Maybe we've talked so much, but I see as you show up, how you show up now. I mean, how you show up for me showed up for me. August 2021 is when we started working together officially, although you have been helping me for months before then. Um, right. But as you showed up then and how you show up now, like there's just there's a difference about it. There's a more intention about it. And would you mm -hmm. say that the moment you decided to make this a business and receive payment for what you do, that made you show up even more powerfully so you could help more moms and dads? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I think when we started, I didn't have my certification for one. And, and so that was kind of like my hesitancy. So I went for my certification and, you know, that gave me the boost of, you know, confidence and encouragement. Like, OK, you're doing this for real. You believe in this for real wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I agree. I did start, you know, digging deeper in, like digging my feet in more to say, you know, I, you really pushed me to believe. Um that, that I could do this, that there was good in this and that I was good at it, right? I think that's yeah. what was missing almost where um, maybe that's the difference you saw when it were. I, I realized that, yeah, I am good at this. I am giving advice that feeds parents so they can feed their children. And this is worth it because children and parents get a better life because of it. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I yeah. definitely think that that brought it home for me in a different kind of way. Like it made it more real. Mm, yeah. And, and the reason why I say that, because I kind of experienced something similar, but also like this essence of this give and take, like we can only like mm. give really as much as we're willing to take. There's like a, a, a cycle around that. And then the nuances of what we really, in my experience and talking to people, especially moms who are, we, we are just creators naturally. And so yeah. You know what I mean? And so we're always giving and helping and things like that. But moms are like doing this stuff, you know, whatever it might be that and they're not putting a price on it. It gives them almost permission not to really step into who they need to be because I'm not charging you. I can I can I can not show up as my best self or I can not put everything in because, hey, it's free. So that just came up when you were talking. Bingo. <laughs> and that's it. That really is it. I mean, you said it 
straight to the point and you're right because you know when people weren't paying me I could pull out at any moment mm-hmm. and I could you know just say well it's on you but yeah when somebody's paying you and you're a person of integrity you put everything in that because you know know yeah the worth of money and the worth of your name behind your money so man yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, that's true and you having five babies and your husband is is so amazing as I know you are uh, primarily a homemaker that's what you do you love it you um I remember you talking about like that was a decision from the beginning and I love that intentionality in that but also like being able to bring in income by doing something that you love and what it is going to help you and continue to help you do for your children, for your husband, for your family. I just think it's amazing because even though I ask and I encourage, you could have still been like, yeah, nah, it's just a little hobby I do on the side. So, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I yeah. want to ask you then, since you've jumped into business and you're fairly, it's fairly, still fairly new in, in regards to like your lifespan and all that. Um, what has been the most difficult for you in especially being a parent coach? You know how we see people of quote unquote experts and you're a parent yourself, but while also teaching people about parenting, what has been most difficult for you in your journey while living imperfectly as a mom, but also teaching people to be them be- their best selves and being paid for it? Um, yeah, it's really good. I think what's been most difficult is uh, showing up authentically um, in a way that says, yes, I coach parents and I am a parent, but that doesn't mean my family life, my home life, my children are just lolly daddy daddy mommy, yes. <laughs> like oh, that's, and, and then just doing that in a way that doesn't, you know, discredit the advice that I'm, the suggestions, the guidance that I'm giving them. Yeah. But so I guess the hardest part for me is reminding myself of that. Like if I had a hard day with my child, does that mean now I need to cancel all my coaching sessions, mm. <laughs> close down the business and say, I can't help people parent well because I don't parent perfectly myself. Mm. And I will admit that that is my hardest thing is when me and my children are off kilter, being able to still show up and say, I'm a parent coach and I'm a person who struggles with parenting at the same time and and being okay with that. Mm, Yes. And I'm so glad you're making that decision to be and work through that because when I see you, we talked about this, I think briefly before as well, like when I see you being imperfect and still telling me how this can be joyful, how we can show up as our best selves, how, and then you also having those downfalls like that make that further instills in me, oh, I can do this. But if I'm going to, such and such over here who has it all together and everything. And that's what they portray. And I see Then I feel like, well, yeah, that's happening for you because you have a perfect life over there. And so how can you help me with what I have going on? Yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's a good one. And it's a hard one. That's a good question. Cause I'm, I'm really in a space where it's hard right now. <laughs> so I'm even like, why am I even doing this interview, bro? <laughs> <laughs> because like, that is the power though in parenting, <laughs> in being a woman, in being a human being is for all mm-hmm. of us, myself included. That, that I feel like that's the power of what coaches do. Like we help bring out the best in everyone, not the perfection in everyone, right? Okay. So okay. like when I first started, that's that's my opinion about it. Like when I first started this parenting journey, like, you know what? I remember when I like initially was like, 
I'm not gonna hit my kids anymore. Stacy Patton had like an internet thing where you could like fill out a certificate online. It was real cheesy, right? But me <laughs> putting my name on there, printing it out, signing it, and really giving it to my kids, like, hey, y'all, I know I've been kind of working on this for a while, but I'm not gonna hit y'all no more. And here's here's my certificate that I just learned some stuff. I just put something stupid behind it and said it, and they thought I was crazy, but like that made it serious. But however, yeah. you know what I mean? However, like you, what you helped me do was not see that, oh, you can be perfect at this. It is to see that where I was then, like I was able to up level, like who I am now is like a totally different mom than where I was mm. then, you mm-hmm. know? So it's not about let me go out here and teach these parents or these clients, whatever, how to be perfect. It's like, you have better in you. Let me help you bring that out. Yeah, I like that. I like that a whole a whole lot better um, because yeah, we're not. And that's one of the things I do tell my clients, like you'll never be a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. Like even when they leave your house, like you still will mess up with your adult children because messing up is part of the journey. And even with conscious parents, and that's huge for us because it gives us an opportunity to model how to deal with mess ups. What do you say to yourself? How do you bounce back? Um, what does that mean? You know, because my kids know I'm a parenting coach. So, you know, when I mess up, do they throw it in my face? Like, but you're a parenting coach, you know better. But they like kids don't, they're not like that. Mm-hmm. And so we learn so much from them because of that, right? Like they just, man, they just so genuine and pure and forgiving. Man. Yeah. So when you brought up modeling, I'd love to pivot into that because. Yeah. Um, I think that, and, and I'd love for you to speak on this, but um, I know I was one and I find that in in, in spaces that I met, it, it comes up where us parents, <laughs> we are trying to find a solution to our children not being X, Y, Z. And it's very rarely about us. So tell me like what you see when you, when you come to someone that, that quote unquote needs help, but what they're really looking for versus what they really need. Right. Um, typically... And I I try to tell my clients, you know, like a lot of time they come and they say, help me help my child do this. (laughs) And so my my first question is all is all automatically. Do you do that yourself? Mm. (laughs) Like you want your child to listen to you better, but please take an inventory. Do you listen to your child? Well, would they say that? And I, you know, I tell them, go ask them. Mm. (laughs) Um, How do I help my child? how to be uh, to clean up better I say well do you set that example or do you clean up well what does your bedroom look like right now like and so it becomes this self-work that I you don't expect anything from your children if you're not doing it and then it goes further right if you are doing it then the next step is have you done it with them have you invited them to see you do it and hear their thoughts about whether or not they want to do it how can you help them do it? Maybe they didn't see you do think that it happens magically, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah. so it's really like these questions of, you know, we think children are always aware, but most times they're aware of what they are choosing to be aware of. And we have to invite them to be aware. Maybe as a parent, you think you're a good listener, but if you ask them, they're going to point out to you, nope. Most of the times when I tell you something, you're looking at your phone and you just kind of say, yeah, and keep going. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where the ahas 
of modeling really comes out because a lot of my parents, my clients, they say, no, I do model it. And then when we get down to the nitty gritty, <laughs> they don't. it is laid out plain that they, they don't model it. Mm. And, and maybe too, because would you say um, some of that, if not most of that is them is unconscious behavior that they never probably even assessed for themselves. Yep. Very much so. Okay. Very much so. Um, conscious parenting is all about awareness. Yeah. And so, sometimes, you know, we go on autopilot. And just do and then expect them to almost <laughs> fall into what we have going on, although they're whole human beings. And I think the first thing you said you um helped me learn was that I'm the one with the developed brain. They're not. And I always try to remember that. Yeah, it's huge. And it's hard, right? I always want to remind people of that. Like it's mm. it's huge and it's hard because, you know, like we love these people. They used to live inside of us, you know, if these are your birth children. And if they didn't live inside of you, they live in your heart. Like we are so deeply connected to them. And what we want for them is so deeply beautiful that sometimes we overthink it and we are like, we will go in the ego, we will go in the fear and we go into, you got to get this because if you don't get this, then I don't get this. And I want the joy of seeing you get this. Ooh, and I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it. Right? And I don't have it. Yes. And I'm laughing because this was me. Like I was, when I talk to people about traditional like transitioning to conscious, I know we have a lot of parents and coach who have always been conscious. Like I think the power in talking about like, no, I was mm -hmm. that parent that I whooped my kids. I punished mm -hmm. them. I did all the things to get them to act a certain way. And what I have found for myself that has helped me to come to terms with how did I show up like that or why? And yeah. for me, it's been because I was, I had been parented out of fear. So that's all I knew. And I was unconscious. I, I wasn't aware that I could choose for myself what I do with mm. my kids. You know, it was kind of like, oh, well, that's what's been done to me. Then that's, you know, what I need to do. And then also like, I was fearful. Like I need to do all these things to you to make sure you're that, you know, citizen that we all want our children to be. Can you speak on that and what you see with your clients in that? Yeah, um, that's huge. Um, and it, it starts at a root of looking at our children as a reflection of us mm -hmm. instead of looking at our children as a reflection of a growing person, a developing person who wants to be a success even more than we want them to be a success. So there's this, especially, in, you know, if we've grown up with traditional parenting, the mindset is my child is empty and they don't get filled up with potential to be a person unless I give it to them, mm. unless I make them want to be a success. Whereas the other side, the, the conscious parenting side, side is my children come here full of what is. They come here full of knowing what they want to be. They come here wanting to be a success. And my job is to support their development so that there's nothing I did that hindered them from reaching their goals. Whereas traditional parenting is, yeah, I did a good job. Look how they turned out. Mm. Conscious parenting is, man, my child did such a good job. And I got to watch them. And I got to support them. 
and I got to see them do it. You see that big like contrast? Yes. And, and down to even the small actions we take of how we deal with, you know, things that they do, um, consequences, I guess, like things that come up with how they show up. So then if someone's traditionally parenting and they're hearing this and maybe they're kind of toying with the idea, because I think like you, you said it best when you said a few minutes ago about like, we all, we love our children, you know, we want what's best for them and all those things, but maybe they're not, maybe the relationship is not where they want it to be. And I think that's when I made the big transition because my oldest was getting into teenhood and I'm like, we just aren't, he ain't feeling me and I'm not feeling him. And this is not how I want it to be. Um, you know, so if someone's listening then, and we're talking about modeling the behavior, you know, for our children, because we have a developed brain, we're talking about, um, seeing them as whole beings as themselves and not this project that we need to, you know, (laughs) pour all these things into. And I think I say it so clearly because I know that was me and it still shows up sometimes and I'm constantly having to battle with that. Um, me too. Yeah, you know, especially if we, man, society just conditions us so much, even if you had an amazing um, childhood, like society just sees children as blank, empty people, they're to be seen, not heard, we have power over, like, man, it's so much to break down. Someone may be listening and they're like feeling it, but they're not really sure like how to start or what's the most important or like some actionable things that they can do to even start to make small progress, you know, what would you say to them? Yeah, it's really important. So actionable things that they can start doing. Um, I always say it's always a mindset shift. So, um, man, to start doing it, it would really be it's, it's based on relationships. So finding ways to engage with their child when they're not correcting them, when they're not, you know, trying to get them to do something, but carving out like uh three to five minutes in the morning three to five minutes when you get them from school even three to five minutes before you put them to bed where it's really intentional look them in the eyes and say man tell me something about yourself tell me something about your day um where you really just draw into them like they're this new creature that you've never met or like they're your favorite person in the world you know what it feels like to be somebody's favorite person in the world Yes. And so just, you know, even if you can just carve out that three to five, three to five, three to five, three times a day, that's going to deeply increase your connection to that child. Mm -hmm. It's going to deeply affect how you engage with them on other things when they when you do get a call from school, you know, Um, when you're dealing with your favorite person, you always think the best of them. You're like, hey, something must have been up because you've been developing this you know, this relationship of checking in with each other. So even just, if you can just carve out that every three times a day is going to invite like a deeper understanding of your child that will drive you to do other things. So I think that's, yeah, I think I would start there. That's an actionable step that's simple, you know, and even you can look online for like little questions. Would you rather, depending on what, you know, what age your child is, if your child likes news stories, you know, find a news story and say, did you see that the other day? What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> yes. You know what? That's, um, man, I-, I love that you said that. And I'll give an example um, okay. that I'm not very proud of, but I think people need to hear this. And it is that 
you helped me understand that connection piece very early on. And what I realized for myself when mm-hmm. I was like trying to connect with them and all that was that I had that time much rather connect with my friends, connect mm-hmm. with my husband. I'll mm-hmm. sit and talk with him forever. But yeah. my kids, it was like this transactional thing. It mm-hmm. was time to get up, time to eat. Time to yeah. Time to go to school. Time to get your homework done. They called me. What happened? Okay, now you're on punishment. <laughs> it was just like super boop, 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 you know, um, because I think that especially if we were raised a certain way and if we're in a certain, even the environment itself puts uh-huh. children into this space of burdens. Yep. And oh, I got you, girl, I got four kids. Girl, you know, they crazy. I got this going. Da, 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 da. Not like I enjoy my most important part of parenting is my kids. They're like these human beings that are all different. And I get to see how they flourish. And like, that's not what we see in, in, in our childhood about ourselves. And right. it's not what we see on TV about kids at the mm-hmm. schools. Like you, teachers mm-hmm. are not calling you to tell you how amazing your kid is. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> They're calling you to tell you all the things they didn't do, how they wasn't quiet, even though they five years old, like all this craziness. Right. And I love it. <laughs> I know. And I love that you bring that up because though that those actionable steps, because what happens is when we really commit to that, even just that, we start seeing things that we didn't see before in that mm-hmm. child. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of us don't know our kids really mm-hmm. because we're so busy with life and we don't know what it is even to get to know our children. So I, I just love that you bring that up. Um, and I was going to ask you something else about that, though. When you're talking about connecting, I know we talked about yeah. connecting. There was something else that I wanted you to, to tap into. Oh, yes. So can you speak to this about, because I know a lot of my listeners and especially who I want to be my most of my listeners, I want to get this as many Black people's ears as possible. Amen. <laughs> because we have a lot of extra in on our Ooh. plate of our history and what we see and what we think and what comes up all the time. Even in my family, when I talk about it, is this need. And, and this could be probably an entire podcast show itself. Um, so I know we can't even go as deep as I would like to. But if you were to be able to say the most important or what comes to mind for you right now around hitting our kids and black people and why we we just can't a lot of us just can't let go of that a lot of us are just like no that has to be done and kind of this and you can tie it in with um a lot of the work you do around natural consequences versus Uh punitive and and just the differences in what you see and why that's important and all of that yeah yeah man 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 that's heavy right i know Oh, man. And I mean, I just watched the documentary with my kids on Juneteenth. Okay. Mm -hmm. And oh, oh, man, kids. So so hitting kids, man, is rooted. It's rooted in childism. Right. We see children as property. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when you see somebody as your property, you'll 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 justify doing anything to them because they belong to you Mm. and where where is that rooted in i mean let's just be honest right Mm. like anybody who tries to say whooping your kids ain't connected to slavery especially for black people yeah you it's it's impossible to 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 disconnect them they have to be because you only hit somebody who you feel like belongs to you Mm. and is your property 
And you have yeah. to have a lot of disrespect for a person to put your hands on them. But and and at the same time, because listen, I used to whoop my kids. So who am I to talk about it? Right. But the reality is I was there. I was in a space where I thought my kids were mine, my property. I treat them like I want to treat them. They mine for a time until they get to be an adult. And that's rooted in, man, that's rooted in slavery. That's rooted in childism. Yeah. And it's rooted in a lot of self-hate um, because you cannot love yourself well and then treat a person who you say you love bad. Mm. So I really think if we can just take it even deeper to how much do I hate myself to be able to hit somebody that I love? Mm. I even think if we think about, you know, domestic violence between a husband and a wife, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, it's the same thing. It's this idea of, I never learned to love myself well. And when I feel like the person who owes me love the most doesn't give me love, I got to get my love back in a, in a certain way. And somehow it gets twisted up to think, if I hit you, you'll recognize how much I love you and you'll love me like I want to be loved. Mm. Right? Mm. Man. So, and so for Black people, it's really, like we got a history of being mistreated. We got a history of, having to make sure our children respected us or the white man in order to stay alive. So mm. I don't want anybody out there to think that I'm judging you or I think less of you. No, I understand the root of that fear. Yeah. And yeah. it is deep. Uh, Stacey Patton says it takes three generations of not hitting for a child to even grow up and not consider hitting. Ooh. Okay. So my grandma hit, my mama didn't, but my grandma hit. So it's still in my genes to hit yes. because I don't have three generations away from it. my kids don't have it because I hit my kids. Yes. So this is y'all, this is deep. Yes. And, and we're, go yeah, ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, we're just, we're not that far removed from slavery either. You no. know, we're only a few generations. <clears throat> Four to five, maybe. Mm -hmm. I, me personally, I am. I'm the fourth generation from slavery. Okay. My, yep. I my think great same for us. Yeah. 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 And mm -hmm. when you talk about um, the fear that we had, I think that, I think uh, for me, at least in my journey, for me to be able to, because at first I couldn't wrap my head around that at all. Like yeah. I could, I shouldn't hit my kid because it is my duty to make sure they're X, Y, Z. And then you hear that, well, you got to put the fear in them for this and this. And what I've learned over time is that there was, like you said, you just said it, there was a space and time where that was appropriate because if I didn't hit you and beat you, then you would go out there and do you know certain things that will get you killed or get you raped or get you this, get you sold, all kind of stuff. Um, so it was a survival tactic that made sense. But what happens is then our brain then gets to see that as what it is. When I talk about on this podcast around like beliefs and our paradigms and those deep seated beliefs we have that we can't just turn off, um, that has happened mm -hmm. generations, generations to generations to generations. And so yeah. just how I'm looking at this table and it's brown, you cannot convince me otherwise. That is how deep that belief is until you start doing that work. Um, I think for yeah. me, what, what what helped loosen it was seeing, yeah. oh, okay, that made sense back then. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense while we're still doing it because generation after generation is just something we never addressed. And 
Yeah. And we, you, me, and, and everyone listening to be those ones to address that, to, to even, we make small strides, even, you know, when we, cause at first, like I would, I would do it and know it was bad. Like I, it wasn't this on and off switch for me. It was, uh-huh. you, you know, it was like the progress of like, wait, and then, okay, now I'm more aware. Why did I do that? And damn, I don't really feel good that I just did that, but I should, cause that's what I'm supposed to do. And like all these thoughts was coming. Oh. Yeah. And, like and a battle. I, yes. And I think that's why for me, it was, it was impossible. I'm just going to okay. say it. it was impossible for me to do this work without someone like you to help me. Because if I didn't have someone that was fighting for my children more than I was at the time, uh, wow. and, you know, and, and, and was so aligned with what they thought to wow. not have a problem addressing what I'm talking about is no, Regina, that's wrong. I'm, and let me tell you why. Let me hold space for you, but let me also tell you why. Then what I had was just myself, my brain that believes it to be true, that believes I should do this and this is why. Mm-hmm. And then all the people around me that also believe that. And then the evidence, I had evidence at the time that they needed to be hit because in my head, you need to be hit in order to act right. And so then if that's my belief system and that's a belief around everybody around me, and then you go out and you, you will quotes, you know, be, misbehave, then you're, yeah. you're proving to me this is why. So that's why it's important to have a coach on, for me it was, because you mm-hmm. were able to be like, hold on, let's, let's slow down. First thing was, you are an emotional st- heightened state right now. Let's bring it down. Let You all, okay, breathe first. That would be the first thing you said, breathe first, let's breathe first. And that was so powerful because it helped me to see how much I was holding my breath in these moments and just oh, like, wow. seriously, even now, that's the first thing. Breathe first, Regina. You feel it in your body. Breathe first. Don't, you know, don't click, don't whatever. But someone on the outside of me challenging my story, because our story is that okay. needs to happen. And so that's mm-hmm. why I think what you're doing is so powerful. So thank you for that. And continuing to have these conversations, holding space for people that are like, yeah, I do. But, you know, like you don't shame. I never felt shame around what I did. Even when I mess up now, I don't feel it. And it it, it, it creates space, I guess, for me to grow. Yeah. Oh man, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. And I want to, I, I try to, you know, impress that on my clients and I want to impress that out to the listeners that there is no motivation to do better in guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It is designed to make you feel stagnant. And so, you know, we feel it, but if you feel it longer than three minutes, and this is going to feel odd, especially, you know, if you grew up in traditional parenting, because that's like the number one tool, guilt you into believe that you deserve it, right? But if you feel guilt longer than three minutes, like it's no longer serving you. It's too long. Mm-hmm. And and it feels like if you let it go, then you're not punishing yourself. But then, then again, there we go. You were never meant to punish yourself. You were never meant to be punished because punishment doesn't move you to what you want to do in the future. It just yeah. makes you feel stuck in what you already did. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really this deep cycle of, but I love that you brought up this mindset because I don't want parents to feel like, well, I can't stop hitting or I keep doing it. So I must can't stop. Mm-hmm. It's not true. You're going to mess it up. You're going to mess it up over and over for a while. But each time you might get slower to hit. Each time, you know, the weight of doing it is going to be such a distaste in your mouth. Yes. (laughs) 
That's so true. Yeah. And also the more you show up and the more you do this work, like you're not gonna just wake up and think these thoughts. You have to do the work of listening to the people who can help you transition, go to your, if you have someone you could talk to, if you have a coach, um, if you're on YouTube, all the, you know, it's a lot of work uh, uh, around reading and helping to change your mindset. But for me, it was working on the thought. So once I start, I had a thought of kids need to be here or they need to be punished or they need to yeah. insert whatever we're talking about because mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Once once I was able to allow, like I was accepting of what you were teaching me and what I was hearing there and there and like listening to people who've done all the research and all of that, and then looking at it in my real life, then I was able to take on different thoughts. Like, you know, maybe I could stop hitting them. Maybe I could stop yelling or, or maybe that not be my first thing. Like you start having these trans transitional <laughs> thoughts of maybe it could be possible. And Love then- it. You turn, I turn on like, you know, I don't want to hit them anymore. Like the thought is what causes us to do what we do. So working on those it is for me, how you change it into like a reality for sure. And like you said, it's a progress when you talk, when you talk about, um, I think what I would love to give you space to talk about is consequences because we want our kids to behave X, Y, Z way without understanding that they're behaving likely according to development and all of that and everything, but kids mm -hmm. still mess up and they make mistakes. And, you mm -hmm. know, they always will as we were kids and we still make mistakes as adults. Um, can you speak about like what you see and how mm. parents think about consequences and how you feel it would be more powerful for the child in their development? Yeah. Um, and I like what you said about, you know, a limited belief. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of limited beliefs uh, around punishment and how children learn, because the, the limited belief that a lot of people have is uh, children have to have consequences to their actions to learn to be better. Mm -hmm. But they don't, often don't know what they mean when they say consequences. Yeah. Um, they really mean punishment. Children need to suffer for their actions in order to stop doing those actions. So mm. that's the limit of belief. Um, and the, the, the truth is that children naturally notice consequences or are willing to notice consequences if we take the time to point them out to them. And that's really where they take um, initiative to change because they don't like the consequences that are happening. Simple one, your kid, your three-year-old keep playing with their toy really rough. And you say, hey, if you keep doing that, it's going to break and we're not going to be able to get another one for a while. Mm. They get to make a choice, either to keep doing that or to stop. And if they keep doing it and it breaks, there you go. You have a mm. natural person. You get to lovingly alert them to it or they might do it themselves. They might say, mama, look, it broke. You told me it would happen. Mm -hmm. The thing that people get caught up on, though, is that they think that that means the next time the child gets a toy, they won't do it again. Not necessarily, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because it's their life and it's their own lesson. And you don't get to affect how they take the lesson. Ooh, ain't that it? Because even let's use that small example, because there's two other things people could do. One, you can take the toy. I don't want you to break the toy, so I'm taking it, prevent it from it, or shame or whatever. And then the opposite effect of, oh, you know, you might break that toy. If you break it, we're not going to be able to get another one. Then when it breaks, oh, let me go run and get you another one. Right. Yes. You just missed the lesson. You just, you know, disqualified yourself from being a person who is trustworthy. Let's talk about that. Yeah. 
when people say my kids don't believe me, I say, well, okay, how much have you lied? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's, let's get behind it. You know, like there's always a consequence. There's always one. And, and it might not be one that deters them or it might be like my children, they forever losing their shoes. Mm -hmm. So to them, the consequence of having to spend extra time looking for their shoes, it just ain't one they care about. Mm, okay. And so for me, I, I'm proactive. If we got to be somewhere the next day on time, we're going to look for them shoes tonight, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you're not going to impede my my space that I want to be. Now, if, they, if it's somewhere they got to be and they late, hey, yeah. have your natural consequence. You yeah. missing out on your play day time. Yes. And two things that come to mind is, um, I have an example, like, you know, Mario, my son's 17, and he, we just talked about this because I wasn't sure how to handle it, but I always come to Tanisha like, okay, listen, this is what happened. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I did. What you think? Like, I really try to do that work first, at least that mental work sometimes to see like, am I on the right path and things like that? So we already talked about it, but this would be good to bring up that he was supposed to go to Kentucky Kingdom with some friends. He is supposed to be up and ready to go at 8 a.m. Well, he decided to be up late and do all the things. And I come downstairs, it's 10 o'clock. He's knocked it on the couch and he jumped up. I'm like, did you miss your ride? Oh, he was disappointed the rest yeah. of the day. But I bet yeah. that next time, <laughs> next time, he'll, he'll, gonna get it together. Right. he'll put in the work. Yes. But I didn't shame in that situation. I didn't. I told you last night, you should have put that alarm in. I told you, you shouldn't be up all night. I told you, da, da, da. And I also didn't, mm. didn't cancel all my plans. Now, if I had nothing to do, and that's what I was talking to you about. And I was like, it's yeah. an hour and a half away. I'll take you no problem because like you helped me see, he already felt bad about it. That's not something he wanted to have done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's so odd to me when people try to compound what's already happening. And I think that in, in essence, that really breaks our children's trust in us. Mm. Because why would you want to confess your mess ups to a person who's just going to dig the deep, you know, dig in the wound? That's so, wow. Yeah, I think it comes from like that thought of like, I need to make sure um, I need mm. to do something to you. I need to make sure something happens because uh, this, this thought of natural consequences is not talked about in a traditional space of just allowing what, naturally happens to happen yeah. to them and and because even down when you talk about um your kids shoes or something like what do you mean they what do you mean that they constantly shoes constantly looking for you need to do something so that they don't keep doing that and it's like i am because when it's my turn when, when i need to be somewhere i do the work and otherwise they'll just be late to what they need to do and they'll start learning you know what let me get my clothes out let me get myself together because exactly. i missed xyz you know Exactly. And and you can lovingly bring that up to them, you know, yourself. Mm. I like, you know, uh, statements that start with, have you noticed? Mm. And I was thinking the other day about, and I love like when you can bring your own, that's how we build relationships with our children. When you can bring your own lesson from it. Like I used to lose my keys all the time. So what I decided was that when I come in the house, I'm going to put them immediately on this hanger. And Ooh. I found that that has saved me a lot of stress. Yes. <laughs> it it brings camaraderie there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Connection. Oh, connection. you used to struggle too. Because you know, at a certain age, your children hate any lesson that's very intentional. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Especially as they get older. Yeah. And I think that all of this that we're talking about, 
um, is really important for us to understand because we're not, I always try to remember, I'm raising adults. So yeah. I, um, and, and for me, the first, the big, one of the biggest things aside from not hitting and all that, that helped me in my journey was to realize that, hold on, the things that I'm doing is suppressing their emotion because they're mm. not allowed to talk to me about how they feel um, or talk back or disagree and all these things. Right. And so they're suppressing emotion. Um, I'm also, uh, not helping them to hold themselves accountable because of how I am doing punishments and things like that. All these yeah. things that I was doing, I'm like, wait, but when they leave this house, I want them to be mature adults that can talk about their feelings, that can speak up for themselves, that can be kind to other people. Like when you list out all the things that you want your children to be, you have to understand that that doesn't just there's not a light switch that turns on the moment they leave your house that starts the moment you birth that child or bring that child into your home of how yeah. you treat and model the behavior. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We're mm -hmm. always teaching. Our actions are always teaching. Yeah. Uh, so I'm grateful that today you talked about the power of modeling the behavior, the way we can do consequences so that they allow consequences to happen so they can stick because that's what we want when we look at the bigger picture a lot of the little things we just go nuts about we won't even care about you know so um you talking about those those major things we could talk about this forever and absolutely you already know I gotta have you back on because I have a million and one things I need yeah. you to talk about I really appreciate you taking your time out today please tell everyone um, cause I know somebody's listening that wants to get in touch, that wants to see how they can work with you, how they can start following your work. Um, and if they want to get into contact and all the things. Yeah. Um, so I have a Facebook page and, um, it's kid advice, just that simple. Um, so you can go and definitely give a like and a follow. I share my stories. I share, um, suggestions and tips on there so much. Um, also on that site, you will get access to my uh, website and my Calendly. So you can, you know, sign up. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Currently the price is $75 for an hour. One-on-one -on -one, we'll work together on that. And so you could absolutely. And if you just want to shoot me an email because you want to just, you know, pick my brain and hear some more things, whether or not we you know, with mesh, our personalities, you can um, email me at kidadviceforyou at gmail.com. Listen, I'm just going to throw in here that one, the amount of value that you give for that is unheard of. It's unspeakable. It is when I say that I feel like I have you much more than our hourly. And yeah. I have to tell y'all like an inside joke, and I'm not kidding. My husband's sitting right here that what something comes up, he's like, what our co-parents uh, say? What our co-parents <laughs> say? Like we have a whole co <laughs> don't we, babe? He's laughing. We have a whole co-parenting situation because the other day something came up. I'm like, hold on, let me hop on here and see what our co-parents would say about this. <laughs> like, I mean, dead ass. So y'all, like when I tell you the value and, and we just, just think about what we invest in and, and where we put our money is what, where we put our work. You invest, when you invest, you make it serious because nobody want to lose their money. So that's the, that's the uh, joy of paying because it makes you show up. So I'm telling you, you, the, the cost. Listen, y'all better get in now before this woman cannot be found. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> I'm I'm locked in and I'm grateful. 
<laughs> I will, in, right. Period. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you're gonna be helping me with my grandkids, okay? <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> Seriously. So thank you so much for the work that you do. Um, aside from the cost and the payment, I mean the value is just it, it's unspeakable. Um, you have changed my entire life and you have changed the future generations of my entire family. And that's for everybody that you work with. Um, and that's why I saw early on the value in what you did, because I saw how quickly I was able to you know, be this entirely new person. So I appreciate you. I thank you. I scream from the rooftops about you anytime I can. Um, I'll put all the links in for you all. Please go follow her. If you, uh, Oh, excuse me. If you have a podcast, if you have a show of anywhere, you're willing to hop on other shows. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. And hopefully she's going she gonna to have her a book and some other stuff, I'm sure, coming up. So <laughs> she's going to have all kind of things. <laughs> That's right. That's all right. right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tanisha. Yeah. Have a beautiful week and we'll talk soon. Okay, you too. Thank you. That wraps up this week. I hope you found value. Please share with a mom friend subscribe and leave a review this helps this podcast to get into the minds of those who need it most i would love to hear what you think about the episode find me on instagram and facebook at moms who achieve looking forward to chatting with you next week take care